Want to start with a clap? Yeah, let's start with a clap. Let's be pros yeah. about this. <laughs> All right, three, two, one. So I want to start off, and I put a little disclaimer in the notes of the episode that posted today. Mm-hmm. It was the most frustrating uh, dealing with my audio for the last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, we had kind of pulled it together at the last moment that we were going to do a show. So I found a room, and it's a room that I used early on in the pandemic when we when we started recording again. Right. And it was, you know, it was fine. It was silent. It was an empty office that we that I had used for most of those shows back last spring. Mm-hmm. So I figured it would be safe to use it there. As soon as we started recording, I started hearing this high, high-pitched, like machine rearing that was just like endless. And as soon as I, I listened to my stems back when we were done, I, immediately it was just there. Through, it was like a migraine throughout the entire thing. So before I sent you the mix down, I looked online and I tried to find some like like best practices or plugins to try to get rid of just like blanket remove of noise right and i used it and it yeah. it worked and i was really? happy enough at the time with it when i sent you the things it, it, you it wouldn't give you a splitting migraine listening to it for an hour and a half because there was no machine noise anymore hmm. it kind of processed or over processed the voice a little bit the problem is that because i recorded directly into audition mm-hmm. and i opened up that audition file when i went to make the mix down with your stems Mm-hmm. The plugin, the the process of of denoising it is destructive. So it changed the master. So I couldn't go back and fine tune it. So the past huh. week, I've been trying to work from a baseline of the one where I just remove the noise at zero. You know. Huh. So I immediately cut myself off at the legs trying to fix that. And then the past, it's it's so funny too because that was the episode that we were talking about me being like uh, no idea what pitch perfect was, and it just <laughs> it, it it I kept listening to that first five minutes over and over again as I was fucking around with filters and stuff, and I was just you kind of lose yourself in it like when you when when you're like. Uh, you know, staring at the road too long or whatnot. It's and you just you don't know which which side's up anymore. So I would convince myself it sounds better. It sounds better. It sounds better. And then I would go back and I would listen to it against yours. And I was just pissed off every time with the like how modulated it sounded, how how canny it sounded. Yeah. Do and you... then I spent yeah. a, yesterday and today working on it, oh doing my all my my dips and cuts and everything, saving as I go. And then I had 20 minutes left in it, and the system crashed, and no. it was it was like nothing I had done had had saved. No. So I had I went back to my last backup, and it was maybe five minutes into it or something like that, ten minutes into it. Fuck. And I at by that point I was just like I can't I can't look at this anymore I can't stare anymore it's really fucking bringing me down and stuff and I just eyeballed all the the chitter noise that I had to take out in between when I was talking and just kind of deal with it. And you sent it. And I posted it. Sick. There was really nothing else I could do with it because I didn't have a clean master to save from. So my takeaway is I'm recording and I did some pre-tweaks on on my recording side. I'm doing it in a different room. I'm doing Mm -hmm. it with a different mic and different connection. And uh, 
it's still in audition, but when I'm done saving, I'm gonna create a like a, a scratch master or something like that that I won't edit from. So if <laughs> I have to do anything to it, I can always go back to the other one. It was just like everything that could go wrong went wrong with it. And it, it was I, by the time I posted it, I was just like, whatever, I, get it behind us. You sound great. It's a pretty good episode content-wise, and funny. I just wanted to get it out there. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, because when you you texted me before that, whatever, I the only thing that I heard when I did the notes listen back was, um, like your computer fans. Well, that's the thing too. I think it, certain things it started highlighting because it was just a. A, like an algorithmic noise reducer that was on there. So it hunt, hunted and chose like the room tone and then it, you know, might have missed other things or conflated it with my voice. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you for listening to 2928. We are a semi-weekly podcast presented by two friends. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen you can find us at 2928.digital, which is where you'll find our entire back catalog of episodes. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email us at 2928.digital at gmail. You can follow us on your preferred socials, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Please tell a friend, and if you enjoy what you hear, take the time to rate and review. It helps us find new listeners. And once again... Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. I mean, I'm, I'm happy. It, it, I mean, not happy. But like, I, I enjoyed the experience to begin with because I've kind of made a de facto choice to when something presents itself that I don't know what, like how it's done or whatnot, I've found myself mainly with like softwares or creative things. It's like, I'm sure there's an easy solution for this. Let's look online and then I can find a tutorial. And then, yeah, it's like, I, I had never used these denoisers or EQs on our shows to that extent before. So it's like, mm-hmm. now that I know that I can easily understand what they're saying i'm just Mm -hmm. gonna like i i like picking up the new knowledge on it you know yeah i think um generally speaking people do like a compression just like a light compression and stuff like that on the final master um i've read i've read a little bit about it but it's it's clearly different doing um you know vocal um spoken audio instead of like musical stuff so it is very different I think the easy stuff is going to be easy enough for me to do by, you know, just by to be that much better than what we have been doing the past few Mm -hmm. years. But to attempt it on what I had last week to work with, it was just too many fucking, you know, wrenches in the gears. It was too many moving parts and I couldn't keep up. So, I mean, it's understandable. I mean, it's it's, out there. It also beats, I mean, it, it definitely beats like, you know, r2's pitter-patter on the floor yeah yeah i'm I'm wondering if i can use the declicker on that going forward i'm also thinking when i start recording at home again i'm just going to do it either 
just in in the closet surrounded by clothes in like a nice soft area with like two or three doors between me and the dogs or mm-hmm. uh, just go in the garage because the walls are all cork in the garage. So that might this work is, too. This is so funny because I was thinking about this very recently. I was thinking about all of these things. Um, you know, you say my audio sounds great. I've, you know, I'm in a louder space now than I've ever been or a more cavernous space as well, which I don't like, but I have like solutions for that. Um, but this is the, was this behind the, behind the pod, this conversation, um, the making of the, the clicking when you said that my new mouse was really aggressive. (laughs) Oh dude. Yeah. It was very, very aggressive. And I I know because like I had had my, my little Talon mouse early on, like in season two or something like that. And I just stopped using it because it has like, like, uh, you know, it has like recoil on it. So it's like every click is three clicks. (laughs) I, um, I, yeah, I mean, this is a gamer mouse I'm using. So that's why it's like, it, it should not be a, it should not be the mouse I'm using, but it's great. It's really good. It's so good. There's software that comes with it. Um, and it looks like a gamer mouse. It's like multi fucking colored and shit. Um, I was going to say, so the minute that you said, you know, that thing about my aggressive clicks, I literally just like, and I had been looking on and off for one for a while, but I basically just like straight went to, um, eBay and found myself a, an Apple, um, keyboard and mouse setup that I wanted, which is wireless trackpad and, uh, wireless, um, the regular extended wireless, um, keyboard. So I'm pretty pumped to have sniped that on eBay. I was waiting for a while for like a good auction to come up. That was just like, I love doing shit like that when people are on eBay, especially when people are like, kind of for no reason watching it you know you think like maybe 20 percent of those people actually want that but they're probably waiting till friday or something you know it's like I'm waiting to have money oh, so that what I, you, I, I was like why would they be waiting till friday for it i don't know yeah, i'm just like just, i'm just you know I, like mean, I, I only bought, buy things on ebay on fridays i'm just thinking like i bet that's a thing that happens i bet like people wait till payday to like buy stuff and they like watch stuff on ebay but i just like it's like some sort of sadistic pleasure that I get out of just like clicking buy it now. And I'm like, I know that's a good deal. So these guys could fuck off. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's funny. I was going to say, oh, the, so today I was thinking about like this show and thinking about like, we're like, now over 60 full episodes and it got me thinking about what the evolution of this show is like do we now now we're like drilling down into like a portion of the show where we might be getting closer and closer to figuring out what the show actually is and it's like the evolution that gets us to the next show do you know what i mean and then once we have like that breakthrough idea and like our niche is like we ditch the old show, we just shed the skin of the old show and start a new show or something. 
<laughs> and then all of a sudden we're like professionals and people are like, what the fuck? You think Out we're just going to shed the skin of this? this I'm just this, saying. This like, is going to live on us forever, man. You can't get rid of the stink. No, this is the beauty. The beauty is in the rawness of the evolution. Do you not think? I, I I think there's definitely beauty in our in the 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 rawness. Like it's we've talked about it. We've we've equated podcasts to to bands for the uh, the middle agers now versus the middle agers in in the 1990s. And uh, I think we're we're distinctly a uh, punk rock garage rock kind of uh, kind of setup. Oh yeah, definitely. There's a lot of uh, there's a there's a lot of stuff going on here. Um. Our texts from yesterday or two days ago. Yeah, I was really interested in uh, uh, discontinuing the Cherokee and and where that conversation was going. I have it in my notes. It just says the Cherokee thing. Yeah. So, you know. All right. So the backstory uh, a year on this. after they're finally changed to the the Washington football team and the Cleveland baseball team. All right, good start there. Yeah, wait, did that happen? Yeah, Cleveland announced it right after. Uh, right after Washington announced it, the Braves no are still the Braves. I didn't the know that. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs. I did not know that 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 the Indians, the Cleveland Indians, are no longer the Cleveland Indians. I'm pretty sure I read that. I don't. Like, I mean, it it makes sense at the very least. Get rid of that fucking mascot. Oh, it's the worst. Right? That's crazy. Um, and then they do this thing. This this thing. No, they're still the Cleveland Indians, dude. Are, are they really? I'm going to click right now. Yeah, the Cleveland Indians are an American baseball team. Yeah, they are still. Wait, but nothing's uh, changed? Nothing's changed. But, like, I do think... This is the thing, too. It's like the history of the Cleveland Indians. Um, dude, the logo from 1946 to 1950 is more, somehow, more offensive. Like, <laughs> like, wow. That does not seem possible that they, they chose that. I wow, you're gonna have to excuse the clicks so I can just send this to your text right now. Holy shit balls. That is not cool. So my question with all of that is I I, I understand your argument and what you were saying. I feel like oh, originally what I felt like was that there was some not like validity in it really. But I felt like being the Cherokee and the Comanche and all of that stuff is like you're taking you're you're taking these these ideas. Oh God, how do I describe this without being offensive? You're the whole idea of like the warrior as the mascot is that we in hindsight as white people or whatever look at native americans in this like gleaming you know like these were the people who were here kind like of a, re view. a reverence yeah it's like 
it's hard to describe because like you and I grew up two hours away from each other, but I grew up on like very, very Native American soil, like, like literal arrowheads in our backyard soil. And it's like, it's really hard to kind of pinpoint that that right, changeover but- that you feel as a kid when you're learning about this stuff because the way that they're teaching it is like, you know, romantic, right? Well, it's and- it's not, I mean, romantic from what point of view? Because it's That's still being told that we're like white people are, you know, the conquering heroes and whatnot. And it's the white man's burden to figure out how to how how to deal with with the the inhabitants of the land that they stole you know they need to bring christianity to them they need to civilize them type shit i think like as a kid growing up you do have an awe and a reverence to it because a lot of that probably came especially from these these trucks that came out in the 60s 70s 80s they came out more with a reverence to i must i'm 100% 100% get like guessing but I'm assuming that it was you know more connected to John Wayne and John Ford movies where oh. Apache and Comanche and Cherokee were all storylines and subject lines in right. western movies right so of course it's tied more to the pop culture identity that's been co-opted that isn't and never was honoring those people. And it, like I was saying in the text, it's like it goes beyond the problem with the Washington football team and the Cleveland Indians and all that of them just generalizing and having a mascot of, you know, just offensive sim- uh, symbolism. But it's also taking an actual nation and using them as your brand, which they – would have never been consulted. They would have never asked for like a copyright or anything like that. They would have never uh, compensated them in any way. It's just something mm-hmm. that they saw and they co-opted it. Yeah, I mean, you're completely right. Uh, this is this is even this is getting deeper than I even thought really initially. I will con- I will concede that I did not think about all of these details. Um, because you got to think like the ad people who were coming up with this shit were. They weren't, it was someone from like the Lower East Side of, you know, Manhattan or something like that, or, you know, someone who was working in in the Manhattan district in 1968 or something. And their only exposure to this shit was the movies. Right. How about American Spirit Cigarettes? Which, I mean, honestly, I, I didn't even know was a thing until like the 2000s. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that was, I, and, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, I didn't even know that was a brand. But, like, even think of, like, how big the Marlboro Man was and that Western Im- imag- Im- imagery, you know? Mm-hmm. People were all about cowboy shit. Yeah, Part I mean. Of that cowboy shit is, you know, the warring Indians and all that. Right. There's just, like, so much, I don't know. I mean, nothing exists in a vacuum from something else which you had mentioned like what's next or whatever like that like when does it stop it's like it doesn't my my whole point is why why make anything that 
that like that's sacrosanct. That's like that is we give so much weight to an idea or a history or a belief that it becomes untouchable. Yeah, and I'll I'll pull back from what I said a few episodes ago when we were talking about this. I said, you know, you have to know your history to know where you're going. And I think I'm going to amend that and say, like, you need to know your history only to the extent that you try really hard to not make the same mistakes again. Right. Your history should be uh, like a compass more than a, uh, a how-to. Totally. It should, be, it should be the compass, not the map. Totally. I saw something recently that was talking about, um, and in a way it was like adjacently oh, kind Lord. of, what? I just oh, you, you finally mascot. saw the mascot. Yeah, it's, man. that's offensive. Yeah. Yeah. All right then. Now I have oh, that yeah. on my phone. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I can't like post that to Instagram. So, uh, if anyone's listening to this and you want to know what this looks like, go to the uh, Cleveland Indians uh, Wikipedia page and, uh, oh, you'll fucking find it. Um, so someone had something posted recently. I can't remember what it was, like Twitter or something. And they were just discussing this totally basic idea, which is, you know... <laughs> Oh my god, my mind races when we talk about this shit because I have like all these talking points that I want to hit. Um, basically, the, to sum up the video, the guy was like, "Our minds exist in the past and in the future, and there's this little window of time which is the present, and our minds almost never exist here, but we need to try and exist here because." If you reflect too hard on the past, then you're always living in the memory and you're always living in something that was better than it was, you know, and that's really natural for humans to do. And it's like, you know, whenever I talk to people about whatever I talk about, politics, whatever, uh, economics, doesn't matter what it is, people will always bring up the past. And it's so weird because it's like, I don't care what the cost of gas was in 1976. That doesn't really matter to me. And it shouldn't matter to you either, actually, because there's no way for you to get back to 1976. And then in the same video, the guy explains, and then so many people are hoping for like, you know, months or days or whatever to go by. And it's like, yeah, and it's even harder to reflect on that when we're still at like what I hope is the end of this pandemic chapter, you know, or this nearing approaching end of this pandemic chapter, where at least we draw it back to a non-pandemic. Um, but it's so hard to live in the window of the present because your mind is always, you know, you're thinking about all the things you're thinking about when you're going to have a job done, you're thinking about like, you know what I mean? And it's like, you're wishing for all of those moments. And I think about this in like the purest sense, like when I was a kid and there would be like a school trip or, um, you know, something that like as a kid, you just live for. Right. 
And in a way, as adults, we've just kind of modified that. You know, we're not, it's not the same, but it's also not as like benevolent or naive or even really as jubilant as it would have been to you as a kid, right? Like you're not getting all excited to go to like the Renaissance Festival or something like that as a, as an 11 year old, right? So, right. but you knew the, the fucking field trip was coming. So you were just like, I'm so fucking pumped. And it's like, you're counting every minute, not really, but like kind of. You know, you're always thinking about things like that when you're a kid. You're like, oh, man, what's next? Oh, the big game or whatever it is. So, you know, this, the fact that we haven't really modified that as an adult, as adults, but now it's all like, I got to make dinner and what's after dinner. And then, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's just like a different version of it. And like, you do have to plan ahead and think about things because it saves you time and money and effort and all the things. But in the same sense, it is maybe increasingly difficult as you age to think about the moment and think about, you know, enjoying yourself while something is happening. So, you know, and maybe in a lot of ways, you know, this past year, especially, I don't think we've had the opportunity to do that. So, um... I can't remember what exactly I was getting at with this, but um, I thought that was, I like reflected on that and thought about it a lot. Oh, right. It's relevant to like what we were talking about in terms of like pushing forward and going ahead in terms of, um, you know, shedding our bad histories and our society and all of that bullshit that we don't do. We don't let go of our histories. So that was, yeah. I mean, yeah, we very much have a problem. And we're such a young country by comparison to the rest of the world that every history, every every piece of history, we're like hoarders. We're, we, we can't throw any part of our history away, even the bad parts. Oh, my God, we're hoarders. We're, we're a nation of hoarders. We, we're, we are we're anyway. We're consumers, and then we generate so much waste but we're just living in our waste why do we generate so much just product it's so stupid i mean the the overused i guess theory on it or the overused explanation for it is that people who live through the depression you know when they didn't have anything once they came out of there they never like and they had money from uh the gi bill and the world war ii and everything they never want like the american or the uh the american middle class dream is like they, they never wanted to want for anything again mm-hmm. so they would just overproduce make it accessible to everyone for that for whatever time it was and then you would always, they made up the, the term keeping up with the Joneses, you know, like everybody wanted to be on the same level of everyone. If everybody has a house, they want a house. If everybody has a pool, they want a pool. So I don't know if that is because I've never like spent long amounts of time in other areas. I don't know if it's just distinctly American or I don't know if what Canada or Australia looks like by comparison, but 
I, I do know it's 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 bad. very much in the world I live, you know? Yeah, it's it's bad. We're we're the worst at it. Um it's depressing to think about to be honest because I I in a lot of ways like I love that idea that I could just go to someone's barn and they have crazy cool old shit in it and it's just like you know, it's like a little treasure hunt, you know. There are all these like tropes from fucking childhood like you know you want to be a pirate hunter hunting for gold there's a show about that you know what i mean it's like well i mean mean, it's also the 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 antiques and the 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 rusty gold the the treasure that's going to be out there from our lives is not going to be able to be reused to the same extent it's single use and it's cheap and it's, you know, everything's built without the right to repair. So it's like there's going to be just tech junk out there that ha- it's not like finding an old Chevy in a barn that you put some time and some elbow grease in and find some, you know, hardware parts and build it. It's going to be, you know, old iPhones or old computers that like you can't get working again because they had built in obsolescence and it doesn't have anywhere that you can buy parts to fix it because it was completely copywritten from head to toe. Right. So we're just generating garbage now and we're not able to recycle it in the, in in any way that we can benefit from or make use of. Yep. I told you the thing about the tools, like buying old tools don't know (laughs) i'm gonna need more than that (laughs) um i was making cut me off if i told you this i uh i make brake lines at work that's just like a thing i do i make brake lines and i coil them and i put the ends the fittings on them and um you know put the bubble flares into them and they're just like ready to go like you know so someone uncoils them ties them into their brake lines runs the line, forms it themselves, and boom, you have a brake line. I already cut it to length for them and did the flaring correctly. There's a tool, which is a pipe cutter, real basic. And we, you get so used to doing things like with the equipment you have that like, what is this thing it must be a word for it but it's like you get used to having what you have even if it's shitty like you're the only one who knows how to use it even though it's shitty this thing oh absolutely you know you know like there's that's like a fucking phenomenon that's ridiculous like my keyboard at work does not have the tab on the you know how there are tabs on the j and the f so you know where to align your fingers on the keyboard right um on a quick keyboard yeah exactly well my in the four and a half years that I've worked at my job, um, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if I, I must have inherited a keyboard, but my J tab is gone. So I will sometimes line up on the K and start typing. And I type decently fast. And so I don't, you know, I look up and I'm like, oh, fuck, I, you know, so it's like dealing with broken shit or whatever. Well, these pipe cutters, that I've been dealing with for the past four and a half years are all total trash. 
it doesn't help that like sometimes I drop them on the floor. I dropped them on the concrete floor. But the other day I dropped one. And it's the second one I've ever broke. But it just like shattered. And I had a backup. And I was still like, why do we make trash? Like, why do we make stuff like this that I can't, this can't even, they know it's going to be used in a shop, right? But like the, the pipe cutter itself is like, I drop the pipe, cutter. you know, you, you, you put the pipe cutter around the brake line, this like little, whatever it is, a very tight diameter. Maybe it's an eighth inch or mm-hmm. it's three sixteenths inch, I think, but this small diameter pipe and you twist the blade into the edge so that it goes around right. and you're just cutting a blade just like a pizza blade kind of style into the thing and then you twist it around and mm-hmm. you tighten and you twist and you tighten and you twist and it comes off okay but i drop these all the time and sometimes i've like learned to like put my foot under it so it doesn't directly hit like i try to catch it with my foot so it doesn't directly hit the concrete well i was over at my friend's shop like the night after and um he said jokingly he's like oh this is what you need for making brake lines and he pulls out the exact pipe cutter that i have only it's from the fucking 40s i mean this thing is just diesel it is made of fucking iron okay made, made to last dude it's the nicest and i like look at this thing like it is like a fucking 10 pounds of gold and he looks at me and goes you can have it if you want it and i was like what he's like yeah he's like i'm never gonna he's like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna need that i mean that's he's like what yeah that's like i've (laughs) found myself especially after having steady work for so long and you know getting my everyday needs taken set away and taken care of and everything it's like when i go to buy something now i don't just buy the the cheapest easiest available thing to get i'm like actually like i you put the thinking in and you're like you know if i spend maybe a bit more then i won't have to buy three of these over five years i can buy one and have it for the rest of my life you know totally so you start getting better quality and where it's still available it's definitely worth doing that when you have the 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 ability to you know yeah no absolutely and this part of the thing i have said before i think but i think have we talked about like all of the things that i love to like look for on ebay but it's just like those things that you know are not gonna break that you will have forever it's like I look for these things because not because they're rare, not because anyone's like, there's like a very small subset of humans that are even looking for this shit, but tools, that's a big one. You know, brand new tools yeah. are, are total junk. Like you could totally, uh, not all of them, but like a good number of them are total junk. And that idea of just like something that still holds its value that's that age like i mean i can buy 50 year old snap-on wrenches and they are worth tons of money right i have this i have this 23 inch breaker bar which is like longer and nicer and more solid than any breaker bar i could buy from 
any shop, any whatever. I don't even know. You go Home Depot to get this shit? I mean, I don't know. But my breaker bar, when people see it, people like eyeball it. They're like, holy shit, this is a nice huge breaker bar because it's also like twice the size. Not twice, but it's like it's bigger than most breaker bars and it's solid metal. There's no like they have breaker bar envy when they look at you. Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like it's like a it's almost like a prized possession, but it's a snap on tool. I think I paid 80 bucks for it on eBay like five or six years ago. And it was just like, sometimes you look at stuff online or like wherever. And it was like, whatever, it was shipped from Massachusetts. It's like, I was super pumped. It came in like a day. Oh, that's the other thing with this fucking keyboard I just bought. They fucking sent it USPS. That's never getting here. Before I forget, there is again and again throughout our conversations, it's just been circling back to me. There's like a... I don't know, it's like a anecdote or a proverb or something that's been running through my head. And I'm not sure if you've heard it, but I wanted to say it now because I think it's very, uh, it's it's very apropos, I think the word is, the saying is. That's Latin, right? <laughs> it is uh, Latin. So, all right. I've heard it, I've heard it both uh, a, like a, a Jewish family and an Irish family way. I'll tell the Irish family way because I'm, you know, more Irish and not Jewish whatsoever. Okay. Um, so it's, say it's Easter, right? So there's generations of family that gets together on Easter and that, you know, the kids are in the kitchen and they're preparing food and they're making a roast and they're about to put the roast in the oven. And before they do, their mom comes in and says, hey, we have to cut the top and the end. So the two sides off of the roast before we cook it. That's just how it's prepared. That's why we do it. And the kids ask, well, why do we do that? And the mom goes, well, that's just how my mother always did it. So they go and they ask their grandmother, the mom's mom, is like, why do we do this? And she goes, well, that's just how my mom always did it. And they go and ask that mom. And she's like, well, my grandmother always did it, but obviously she's dead now or whatever like that. But we can ask my, say my older sister or something like that. So they asked the older sister why they've always cut the front and the back of, of the meat, which is perfectly good eatable edible meat, off when they're making the when they're putting it in the roast for Easter. And she right. goes, We cut the, the, the top and the back off of the meat because when we were growing up we didn't have a pan that was big enough to hold the whole roast. Right. So that's been running through my head as far as like we get stuck in these ways as we keep doing something that doesn't become the most sustainable or logical reason to do things, but we only do it because that's the only way we've ever been taught, even though the obstacles that presented themselves to that method, you know, a hundred years ago have been erased because now we can afford a bigger pot, you know? Right. We don't know why we do it anymore, but we still do it because we do it. Right. We do it just because that's how it's always been done, but it doesn't yeah. need to be done that way anymore. Right. It's the same thing of like the only infrastructure was the telephone line. So that's how we made the internet work. Right. Where, where the other one is uh, when you have only a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. Yeah, totally. 
when you have a uh, a pipe cutter, every problem looks like a pipe. Yeah. Apropos is French. Oh, and what does it, it mean? Being both relevant and opportune. Wait, but that's what it means. That's not what it tran- what it translates to, is it? Oh, mm, no. Uh, oh, you're going to make me look it up in French, huh? From French, it's going to say it somewhere, right? English, oh, to the purpose in French. Uh Literally to the purpose. A propos. All right, it's not Latin. (laughs) Well, I mean, it comes from Latin. Ladies, gentlemen, and all those who want to be ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I got a little story to tell you. I ain't no Houdini, but I got some magic work on you. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Just a magic word. It works every time and it never fails. Fail proof. Fail safe. You got it. Check it out. It's a little thing. Keep no time, no spare, no spare. I hide a hole. I rub a sick of something in the soup. I admit that Kyle and Mitch Perry. Can you dig it? Keep no time, no spare, no spare. I hide a hole. I rub a sick of something in the soup. I admit that Kyle and Mitch Perry. Now, girl, let me tell you something. It ain't nothing but some magic words that will steal your heart away. And it works every time. Some magic words. Ain't nobody thing. Let me tell you, it works. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to believe it. I'm going to lay it on you right now. Come on, check it out. Here it go. Chemo, chemo, spare, spare. High, a hole, a rubber stick, with something in a soup. I ain't that college, Mitch Perry. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. Chemo, chemo, spare, spare. See, I use these magic words to steal your heart away. Yeah, but it but it works every time. Check it out. Keep no no spare, spare. I have a hole. I rub a stick of something in a soup. I make that college barrier. Can you dig it? See, it ain't nothing but a but it works every time. I'ma keep on making it work every time. Check it out. You ain't got no control over this. Let me hear you steal my heart. You control over this. It ain't but a house party. Girl, it works every time. Now check it out. I'ma lay it on you one more time. I got the party too. Keep on, keep on, spare, spare. I hide, hold, I rub a stick of something in the soup. I ain't make that college Mitch Perry. I do believe I'm feeling a little I use these magic words to steal your heart away. You have no control over what I say. Here it comes chemo, chemo, spare, spare. A high, a hole, a rubber stick, the something in the soup. I ain't make that college Mitch Perry. Your heart away, uh huh. I see that. Uh-huh. Working uh-huh. Come here. I do, I do, I, I, I think I do. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, Try this one, I'ma lay it on you now. Keep more time, more spare, spare. A high, a hole, a rubber stick, a sock, and a soup. I'm with that Kylie Mitch Perry. Now I use these magic words to steal your heart away. See that? Uh huh. I'ma tell you something. Uh huh. 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 Uh huh.